Welcome, everyone, to our first official Orleans and Winder podcast, or as we affectionately call it, the OW, or shortly call the it OW podcast. the OW podcast. Yeah. My name's Erin Wetzel, and this is... I am Candace Johnson. And we are based in Detroit, Michigan. Yes, and we are. And I'm co-owner of a store called Orleans and Winder. Our focus is on slow fashion and design. And my name is Candace. I actually run a small business of digital media, and I work with Aaron on media yes. and PR and brainstorming. And we decided to do a podcast on something that we both absolutely love and are so passionate about, which is the sustainable market, especially absolutely. within fashion. Yeah. And there's starting to become a little more awareness and a little more buzz surrounding the world of sustainable fashion and slow fashion. Absolutely. But Candace and I both agree that it's still just not talked about enough. So among the many, many things that we will be talking about in this podcast, this is going to be a huge one. And we'll be talking about lifestyle when it comes to sustainability and trying to make it far more approachable. It can seem intimidating, but we want to make it seem like it's not that hard. And we want to give you some tips and tricks and some ways to think about things as you go about your life to actually help the environment and yourself. We'll help you along. We'll help you along. <laughs> we will be your guides. We're still learning. And you know what? We'll all learn together. But, Absolutely. So what we want to do is start out each podcast with uh, a refresher on what's going on in the news right now in the yeah. fashion world. Of course, this has been a huge week and a huge time. This is the season for Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. So we've had New York Fashion Week. Paris Fashion Week is fast approaching. Yes. I think Copenhagen Fashion Week is done. I think mm -hmm. London Fashion Week is done. Lots of little tidbits that I was reading actually on one of my favorite sites is The Cut. Mm -hmm. I love and The Cut. Did you read that story about the uh, the top five funniest things that happened. Uh, no. Week, you know, and they what had, happened? They had all sorts of little things, but one was um, Rihanna, of course, launched her lingerie line. She did. Empty, yeah. And they said it was just everything opposite of what Victoria's Secret Angels is. Mm -hmm. it, it was, was all women all, all sizes. A yes. pregnant woman. She went into labor. Yes. That's oh, that the day. story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I read about that yesterday. I was like, well, damn, girl. <laughs> she looked good and she, she walked. I couldn't believe it. She was in labor labor. She was in labor and they actually had to take her off stage and medics came, helped her, took her to the hospital, gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. So, and his name was Sapphire. It was like a play on Sapphire. Aww. So She's a, I think so one sweet. of the main models of Fenty. Yeah, she's um, great. Her, her lingerie line. And I love her. Yeah, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I didn't know too much about it, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. My focus isn't particularly lingerie, but she sold me. Uh, love just, Rihanna. Yeah. Love everything that comes I from her. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm now becoming kind of a fangirl. Yeah, so. It's good to be a fan of Riri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so bravo. Bravo on that show. Wish I could have seen it in person. Yeah, me too. That would have been fun. Yeah. I mean, I think it was almost like a concert. There were people dancing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It was a whole a whole production, which I really enjoy. Because yes. you can have fun with Fashion yes. Week, right? Yes. And they were yeah. all like... We had some freaky makeup. And yeah. It was just women of different shapes and sizes. And colors. And ethnicities. And yeah. Oh, it was so good. She embraced so, so the good. beauty of woman. Yes, she did. All the way to she childbirth. Did. All the way. <laughs> All the way. She, she went full force. That mama will always have a story to tell. That mama will you know? always have a story to tell. It's always fun. To, it is. To watch I love the shows. I love Fashion Week. I'm not going to lie. Too. You know, the parties are fun. Mm -hmm. Seeing what people are excited about. Because mm -hmm. fall is... 
unless you're living in the West Coast, if you're on the East Coast, this is our time to shine. Oh man, layers. We love fall. Boots, coats, yeah. coats. We do, we live for we it. We live for this season. And quite frankly, we have only three months of summer oh. here where we are in Michigan. <laughs> so right. it's our season to really look for those key pieces that are beautiful. Gonna make it, yep, that you really need. You time need to stay lives. warm. Yes. You wanna look great. Yeah. This yeah. is the season. Of course. Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was the fun news. We've got some other news, though, in that same vein. London Fashion Week made some headlines for banning fur. That was huge. It was. It was. I think it's been progressing over the last two years that fur is finally being banned, and a lot of different designers are taking it on. Mm-hmm. But it still has a long way to go. It's amazing to me how much it takes to get an industry to kind of listen up and take action in a direction. I did read an article on the use of alternatives to fur. You know, yes. Either you can ban fur and just say, fur is just not my thing. I'm not even gonna include it in any piece I'm wearing. I'll wear wool, I'll wear whatever, but I'm not gonna use fur. Or there are gonna be more producers of synthetic furs, which causes a whole new set of problems environmentally. Synthetics use a great deal of chemicals. It's like you can't win for losing, but okay. Right. So let's think about the average fur coat. It looks fabulous, okay? (laughs) It does. Yes, it does. Let's say a fox fur coat is going to look absolutely fabulous. Mm -hmm. You're wearing it for the texture, the shape, but the warmth, Mm -hmm. which you can't mimic in a synthetic fabric. No, you can't. So if I'm not going to wear fur, I don't want to wear the vegan version of fur. Right. I would just be, and you know, I gotta be honest with you. I think it looks fabulous. Of course, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's very old world to me almost. It's, it's, it's very old like, Hollywood glamour. Definitely. It's super yeah. glamorous. It's never been my thing. So it doesn't draw me you right. know, as part of my ensemble. Right. My concerns are always toward that environmental end and that there's always going to be something um, that kind of leads us to the next topic, which is Ralph Lauren. Banning is going... <laughs> there's a lot of banning a happening lot of banning in the industry because the there's a lot industry. of people speaking up and people are finally listening. But honestly, I think we feel like instead of listening, learning, taking that information in and then taking a minute to think about what you're doing with that information, they're just saying no. And then they're they're just stepping away. So Ralph Lauren banned mohair. Banned mohair. We, we were very curious about this. Yeah, we explored it a bit more. And of course, PETA released a video on the abuses going on in a South African Angora sheep farm. And if you go online, you can simply Google it. Don't know. watch it if you Do not don't want to be sad for an horrifying. entire day and a half. It's right? horrifying. It's horrifying what they do. And it's sad yeah. because that's not how that's not the animal to has to be treated for you to get that. It literally falls off their body. Mm-hmm. They shed that hair. Yeah. Right? They mm-hmm. need to be sheared at the end of the season for them to be comfortable. And then they have to have proper housing because Angora sheep tend to be very uh, sensitive to temperature changes. In the summer, a light rain could give them a chill and cause them to die. I mean, right. it's crazy how sensitive they are. That's what their coats are for. It's protecting them naturally. But there are certainly ways to move through the seasons and shear when... Um, and but keep their hair when it's cold. Right. And it gives it a chance to grow. Which led us to you and I talking about, okay, so you can ban mohair... Which is huge because Ralph Lauren and the other designers who were involved are huge. They're huge purchasers. They're huge purchasers of hair for their pieces. The others that were involved, I had it written down, it was H&M, Topshop, and Gap, which is huge. Yeah. 
So that needed to happen, I think, to create a backlash against the larger farms. Why are all of these companies going to the exact same farm? If my mohair sweater Mm -hmm. from H&M, that mohair that I bought from H&M for 40 bucks is $2,000 from Ralph Lauren, the quality was never there in the first place. Those factories were overproducing what they could handle. Absolutely, which led us to think, okay, why aren't these high-end designers yeah. using mohair from smaller producers? Why aren't you supporting, supporting the little, small, farms. small, sustainable farms yep. instead of these big, giant farms that clearly can't handle the numbers or it right. wouldn't be going down like this? And, and it makes me sad because there are actual great producers and who, who are caring for their animals and have mohair farms and care about the animals that they have. It makes no sense to me. I gotta it's, tell it's wrong. You. It is wrong, and I think that the more I am a buyer of slow fashion and work with designers who practice slow fashion, in that designer mindset, I actually, as a person, would mm-hmm. want to go and see where these things That's are what being. I was just thinking. When it comes to the big fashion houses, I think that there's so such removed. an overproduction that they're so far removed mm-hmm. that they don't know... They don't know that the dye is is coming from here and that the fabric is coming from here. They touch a sample. They like the sample. Mm -hmm. They produce something in that sample. They like what they produce, and then they go with the run. That's as far as it goes. It's not discovering something new in a way where I think smaller businesses have the ability to take that, where you get to find newer, more exciting, different ways of doing things and take a risk in that area that the big houses aren't doing. Because if you can't produce 10,000 sweaters, there's no reason for them to bother with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And why? And that's the beauty of it. I prefer something with a story and I prefer transparency in that supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. As a designer, I understand that businesses have to be businesses and they have to make money to survive. So there's always that aspect. But uh, me as a consumer, the older I get, the more I want something really special and really a little more deeply connected. That's where you're going to find it is independent Absolutely. design. That's Absolutely. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So. And it's the only place that can mm-hmm. afford to do it. Yes. That said, it's interesting. I'd like to see what's next. You know, what, what are they going to ban what next? What are they going to ban next? Who knows? Pleather. Oh, got to be amazing. I'm if not a pleather fan. left. <laughs> Pleather's been around for pleather. a long time. I know it. <laughs> yes, it has. I don't think pleather is going anywhere. Pleather's here to stay. If pleather's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> so then Candace actually sent me this article, which really is brilliant in its clarifying aspects of what really makes something inexpensive piece. What we wanted to talk about today, knowing that we just launched this podcast, Mm -hmm. is people have a ton of questions about sustainability when it comes to fashion. And we wanted to kind of think about what are some things that people always want to know the answers to when they are thinking of trying to purchase sustainably, right? And in doing so, we found this amazing article. Mm-hmm. The difference between a $25 t-shirt and a $125 t-shirt. And a $125 t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference. There really is. Now, 
we'll explore this and tell you the reasons why something would cost more. Understanding, though, that not everyone can afford a $125 t-shirt. And that's okay. That's where you dive into repurposing and recycling. But it's kind of just creating this mental picture and And, the intention. Remembering that every $125 t-shirt is not created equally. That's so true. Because some of them are $125 Based on the idea that the brand is expensive, not because of the quality. It's all about the brand, yeah. It's all about the brand. So the first thing, though, would be the fabric. Hands down, you have higher grades of cotton, you have lower grades of cotton. You have organic cotton. And you have pure cotton versus a blend. Mm-hmm. Right? The blend yes. is going to obviously make it less expensive. Which blends you'll find in a lot of cheaper t-shirts mm-hmm. and things like that because it's allowing for stretch. So they'll put some elastin in it or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But pure, tightly woven, This is going to make cotton. you laugh. I don't know why I just thought about this. I know. What? Just thought about like the idea of the pure like, cotton versus a mix. No. It's like you either get the pure cocaine or you get the baking <laughs> soda in it. It's a great analogy. It's like you're cutting the cocaine or it's. Straight up, like out of Scarface, right? (laughs) That's what it is when it comes to fabrics. They're cutting your fabrics to save money. Oh my gosh, that's such a great analogy. (laughs) And it's really reminding me of that scene in Ozark, actually. (laughs) Exactly. What is it, fentanyl that she put in the heroin? Yeah, exactly. Like a ton of people sick. They all, yeah, they all had overdoses. That that one's crazy. Buy Um, the baking soda lace cocaine. (laughs) You gotta buy the pure stuff. (laughs) Exactly. The fabric is like one of the biggest things. That your cost comes from. That your cost comes from. And then we go on to production, how it's manufactured. Okay. Always have found this so ironic and I understand it now, but creating 10,000 t-shirts is less expensive than creating 10. And I I just, I find that so mind-blowing and think, why? Because labor doesn't cost. No, it doesn't cost, especially in the sweatshops. If you're paying $5 for a t-shirt, they don't get paid living wages. They get paid what is considered their minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, a place like Bangladesh, 70% of the money that is made in that country is from the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Even the minimum wage for a garment worker in L.A. would be $8.00. That's not a living wage. That's not a living wage. No one can live on no that. No one can live on Definitely that. Definitely not in L.A., right? Yeah. This then, is why it costs so much when you yeah. look at some sustainable companies and you wonder where that cost is coming in at. They're trying to pay a fair wage. They're trying to buy sustainable fabrics and dyes and doing things the way where everybody's happy. Your clothes are going to last longer. These people are considered artisans. They know what they're doing when it comes to making clothes, and, and everyone's appreciated. And it's possible to make it cost-effective. And less costly for the consumer. It yeah. doesn't have to be $125 and still be a sustainable product. So that leads us to branding. There was an example of what the row or you know, this is anyone really, mm-hmm. but anyone big name, high-end mm-hmm. designer. You know how much they have to pay in branding? Marketing their product. So their marketing budget is going to be massive. Where are they going to get the money to do that? upsell to the consumer to cover the cost for marketing their product Mm -hmm. and and everything else. And so that's another big aspect of why it's such a high price point. It's it's supposed to seem exclusive. Which in the Huffington Post article I read that you sent, this is a quote, a gentleman named Bishop who actually produces slightly higher end pieces. He says, you could have a very expensive brand that actually makes and sells 
low quality product. And you could have a more affordable brand that sells very high quality product. So think about that. That's what's important to me is that transparency of the brand. Well, you have to go, it's like reading the labels on your food. Yes, you read the labels, you ask questions. Look um, into your brand and what they are doing. This is your money. Don't this is your money. Don't throw yeah, it away. Yeah, absolutely. What could you look for if you were a consumer who didn't know anything about the sustainable market and you were trying to figure out how to buy something? What are some buzzwords on a website that would make you say, I know that they're probably doing the right thing? Organic mm-hmm. would be one huge one because you know that they have a consciousness about sustainability in mm-hmm. general. I would say Everlane, for example, they are completely transparent. They'll tell yeah. you actually how many gallons of water it took to create a piece of clothing. And just FYI, on a side note, it takes 650 gallons of water to produce one cotton t-shirt. Isn't that so crazy? It is one of the most um, water-heavy crops out there in the world, cotton. 650 yeah, gallons of yeah. water. 650 gallons of water. It's crazy. That's a lot of water. Yeah, it's a lot of water for one t-shirt. I'd Google sustainable or organic cotton t-shirt. I'd go to the website. I'd read about them. Call them and ask them questions. Email them, ask them questions. People respond pretty quickly mm-hmm. nowadays. So, yeah. I mean, just be a conscious consumer. Do your research. It makes you feel so good to buy something. And I always find that it's gonna last you. you know what's the best way to shop to me is I find a few of my favorite brands that I love, mm-hmm. and I'm loyal to them. Definitely. That's you how I, I find the most satisfaction in the things that I'm purchasing. That's the sign of a really good company to create mm-hmm. that trust in you, to have customer business trust. So what's something someone can do right now? Say they can't afford the $125 shirt. So there are three things that we've sort of mapped out. Mm-hmm. Initially, these are the first priorities, okay? The first priority would be to look at where your piece is coming from. Trace it. Ask your store owner where this piece came from, what it's made of. Track the sources of raw materials used and conditions and all of that. As much as you as a consumer feel comfortable. If it's not on their website, it's because they don't want you to know. You can already X out of all of those companies. It's Mm -hmm. the ones who are telling you. Mm -hmm. And if they're more upfront, then you know that they care more about what they're actually doing within the industry. Number two would be an efficient use of water, energy, and chemicals. So really what you would be looking for is the purest form of fabric the least blends of fabric natural fabrics always always board, hemp linen uh-huh. cotton silk uh-huh. um, wool yep wool so you want it as close to the earth as possible just yeah. like you said just like just food. like food and then the third would be oh, please make sure there's a respectful work environment going on from where you're buying the piece to where it was produced and manufactured yeah. really and that kind of leads us back to traceability but really find out where your person is sourcing from. For instance, the designers that I work with, all of them work within a radius. So it's a very localized production, whether it's Italy, whether it's France, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Detroit, actually. Mm -hmm. Everybody works in a very small area. For me, it's about peppering your wardrobe with timeless pieces. Closet nice and tidy and minimal Mm -hmm. and sleek and individualized and we'll teach you how to do that. Your core pieces and then you can pepper it. You add fluff. With fun. Yeah. That's your accessories. Accessories. And you know I have to say shoes and like statement codes are my downfalls. (laughs) 
If you live in Michigan and you don't have more than five coats, I don't even know you. I know. How do you? Because there are so many different types of weather here. Like there's the wet cold versus the dry cold versus the windy cold versus the this kind of cold. Right. And they all require a different jacket, right? Yes. You know, a slightly lightweight. You need a parka. You need like a yeah, a down, a full on down. You need a full on down here. Fashiony wool, and then your trench, and then but I mean that's fun. You know, to build around those core pieces. And we're gonna help you. We want it. That's what we do, and that's what we love to do. We have so many things throughout this podcast series. Absolutely. We're going to touch on more topics on sustainability, and we'll make it work with your life. It's wearable art. Come on. I mean, you, you feel good. You should feel elevated. And then we're going to do some interviews with local Detroit designers, artists. Yeah. We um, are in the Motor City. Yes, we are. Yeah. So many things going on right now. Actually, we chose such an awesome time to record this first one. It's Detroit Design Month. It is Detroit Design Month. There's I have a, not been to many things. I know. There's a gazillion things going on. There's so many things to choose from. Tonight is Murals in the Market. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eastern Market is uh, hun- over 100 years old. I think it's celebrated its 150th last year which and it's the one of the biggest open air markets in the United States yes yeah and has the most traffic it's crazy so where do they find you on Instagram Aaron? so they can find me at Orleans and Winder it's super easy <laughs> and they can find me at high Candace and you will find us because we're gonna be back soon oh yeah so download us rate us if you have something bad to say do not leave a comment <laughs> like your mother always told you exactly say something nice we're thrilled we're so excited to be doing this we have so many things we want to talk about Thank you so much for listening to our first podcast. 